Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Watchman. We're sounding the alarm for the peril and uncertainty that lie ahead. Our commitment is for the objective truth. As The Watchman, we will always call out whenever we see those that live in the land of the fifth dimension, attempt to put feelings and emotions in front of facts and truth. We will call out the real motives of those living in the land of unlimited imagination. We'll, we'll do that by expounding on the underreported facts. Today, I'll be running solo on this, so I'll be uh, unpacking this truth with a punch today alone uh, with you. <laughs> so here we go. I want to chat a little bit about what we're seeing right now with the jobs numbers that came out and why the Democrats aren't celebrating. And it's interesting. I've said over and over, I mean, I believe that the Democrats are rooting for failure. <clears throat> I believe the media is rooting for failure. Because no one talks about the jobs numbers when they have 275,000 jobs created in February. I mean, the fake Pravda phony news, I mean, that, that they're out there, I mean, committing media malpractice at every turn by not reporting these very relevant facts about the economy. Jobs numbers through the roof. Unemployment numbers bottomed out. But unemployment numbers are absolutely non-existent. We're practically fully employed. We're just a little above that. But bottom line is, folks, we have millions of unfilled jobs. And I, I think we're going to get to this a little bit with the with the market panic that happened. A lot of it had to do with the oil sell-off. Uh, the, the Saudi Arabia was increasing oil production because they're I think they're, they're combating Russia and Iran. See, Iran right now is on life support. Their economy literally is on life support. <clears throat> they went from pumping millions of barrels to pumping a, hum a few hundred thousand barrels a day. That's huge, okay? I mean, you've got an economy that's con completely, uh, you know, completely tied to the oil production in their country. And now the Saudis are, well, they're creating a glut in the marketplace. So the oil prices crashed. And of course, the market crashed with the oil prices. But we're going to see a huge comeback on this. And I think I want our listeners to understand that we're going to have low gas prices at the pumps. I mean, low gas prices. And when the cost of oil drops, the cost of everything's going to drop. I mean, everything's going to drop. We're going to see prices come down a lot, a lot of products because energy powers an economy. And when you drop the cost of energy, then you don't have the same overhead to power the economy. <laughs> That means it's going to cost less for those products and services. So that's a very overgeneralization of it. But make no mistake, folks, you're going to have more money. You're going to seemingly have more money in your pocket when you go buy your groceries and go put gas in your car, as well as other things <clears throat> than you have now, because we're going to be benefiting from this in a huge way. And of course, when it does go away, this coronavirus scare that we're going to get to in a little bit. And, of course, uh, when the um, Iranians are brought to heel on this, because quite honestly, uh, this is the Saudi Arabia bringing Iran to heel. You know, when you bring a dog to heel, you're bringing up your ship, uh, you're pulling up on the leash very harshly to, to get the dog to stop there. And they call it heel, heel. The dog stops right there at your feet, right there at your at your heel. Well, that's what they're doing right now with Iran and Russia, because, again, Russia's economy is another one that's driven by oil production. So when you create a glut in the oil market, it's going to drop the market. It's going to create this sort of uh, fanfare, if you will. And then, of course, we're going to have a huge comeback. And I'm, you're going to you're going to remember that that I said this. There's going to be a huge comeback on this down the road. I'm just thrilled about that possibility. 
and uh, we're going to get to the coronavirus, but I also think that's going to be going the way of uh, all of the other viruses. Uh, when the summers hit, they just kind of go away. But anyway, 275,000 new jobs in the marketplace. Again, unemployment at record lows, employment at record highs. Uh, we're going to see fuel prices come down tremendously. Consumer confidence still at record highs. Uh, you know, the economy is humming along, folks, humming along. And you don't hear anybody uh, on the Democrat field talking about it. As a matter of fact, they try to deny it. And then you hear the others in the in the Pravda propaganda networks committing media malpractice by not reporting it to the public. But uh, getting back to what we saw with the uh, stock market um, uh, fallout, if you will, from the oil prices. Everyone saw it coming. I guess the Saudi Arabians just they just increased their uh, the supply. So, but I I think uh, I heard one commentator state that Saudi Arabia is flooding the market to hurt Russia and Iran. I I think there's a possibility on that, as I stated earlier. I think this is an attack on them to to get to bring them to heal. Uh, but this is going to end up with a huge comeback. So anyway, I want to talk a little bit about the coronavirus. I think this is going to be a very uh, very interesting thing to, to have a discussion on. Um, you know, we're learning that the virus can't last effectively in warm weather now. See, we didn't know that a couple of weeks ago. Now we know. Uh, this virus will not last as effectively. And what you're seeing, like in, for instance, Singapore, you only have a handful of cases in Singapore, which is right outside of China. But that's because of the warm weather. And I want to bring that up because I think as spring and summer comes in, you're going to see this virus starting to, to, to wane uh weighing down it's going to start decreasing and uh you know and and again we're watching a little bit on the media but how they're they're committing committing media malpractice at every turn by hyping by hyping this and they continue to hype this it's unbelievable okay we're seeing hype amazingly again we've had 108,000 cases worldwide and here in the u.s we've had about 500 cases a little maybe a little more than that We've had uh, less, or maybe about two dozen deaths, 21 deaths, I think I heard, or something like that, two dozen or something like that, compared to the swine flu, the N1H1 virus. Again, I want to remind our listeners uh, uh, of what that was all about, because again, you know, the swine flu, uh, we had thousands of deaths, thousands of deaths, okay? There were 61 million people in this country, in the world that were affected with swine flu. And it was half a million fatalities worldwide on the swine flu. But you didn't see the World Health Organization declare a pandemic. And you certainly didn't see countries closing schools. It's almost like I believe that they're trying to do their best to preserve globalism by these countries right now, trying to show their concern for the coronavirus because they want to try to help with the globalists in this country to, to defeat Trump because they know that the worst thing for the European economy, the worst thing for that economy is a strong America. So the European leaders are going to try to get together and figure out how they can create an added scare on this coronavirus. You're seeing it everywhere. To me, it's a conspiracy that you're seeing everywhere around the around the world. Uh, you're seeing this this hype. OK, again, you've had maybe 21 deaths in this country, 20 something. OK, deaths, uh, 500 cases. And you've got I mean, you've got states that are closing the border. You've got states that I should say that are creating states of emergency. But, you know, you've got a task force. I mean, Pence meets and the task force meets every day. And the CDC and our experts in the task force all say that the risk level is still low. Well, are they exaggerating? 
Well, I would say 500 cases in this entire country. Um, I think there's uh, maybe a little more than that now. Whatever. It changes. It goes up every day. But what they're not talking about is the people that come out of there. Because you may have had a case three weeks ago that's no longer a case today because they fully recovered. But if you're just going to count cases, then you're going to say, okay, we've got 500, 600, whatever cases. They had a cruise ship over there in in California that had 30 some odd cases identified on it or dozens of cases, whatever it was. But again, they got them all in quarantine. They got these people protected. They got the public protected. But again, the task force meets the risk level still low. And and, and again, these cruise ships uh, that were out there and again, they were in high risk areas. But the numbers for Italy are higher than the rest of Europe. And I think that's very interesting as well. Because that can be explained by the increase in Chinese presence in Italy. I think that's something, a very interesting point. See, China has invested in Italy in a larger way. And that's resulted, I think, in increased travel to and from China, between China and Italy. So, again, uh, that's, I think, the reason Italy's got more than the rest of Europe. But, again, we've had five states declare a state of emergency so far. Pennsylvania just declared a state of emergency due to a case that was discovered. I'm thinking we have a couple of cases in Pennsylvania. And you already got the governor threatening to close schools. I, I mean, honestly, I mean, this is, this is a, this is amazing to me. They're doing everything they can to create a state of panic without, well, not being overt about it. They're just trying to, well, if I can close a building or if I can threaten to close a school or whatever. One case, I'm going to have to close. One case, I'll have to close the school. I mean, I'm amazed at that. Okay, but Tom Wolf did declare a state of emergency with with one person being discovered with the virus. One person, he declared a state of emergency. Folks, that's what happened. Tom Wolf. I think now we've got two or three cases in Pennsylvania. But he did it with the first case. Now, I want you to try to understand where I'm going with this, because these Democrat governors are not, they say they're not trying to instill panic, but I think they are. I think they are, okay? And, you know, they're they're creating a hyped response. And and it really is. It's sickening. Cuomo the Pious, Cuomo the Pious over there in New York, he declared a state of emergency. He did say, he did say, and I thought it was interesting. He did say, get the facts and not to panic. But again, they tell you not to panic while they're taking actions that cause you to maybe panic if you're panic prone, prone to panic. These are governors that didn't do anything, didn't do anything with the swine flu, some of these governors. But certainly, there was no outcry when we had a, a thousand deaths in this country during the swine flu to close, to create states of emergency. As I said, as I said last week, you've got more cases of measles. You have more people right now that died, that died of lightning strikes last year. More people that got that died from being hit by lightning last year than have died so far by this coronavirus. Now, I mean, you get like, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you get you get like one one lightning strike a day or something like that, whatever it is, that kills somebody. But I mean, you, you again. You don't have the numbers that should be producing any kind of overwhelming concern. And the recovery rates from people that get this is unbelievable. It's unprecedented. But again, we've seen schools close in Bucks County, right here in Bucks County. And we've watched it happen over a case. 
this is an ins- again, this is an insane attempt to hype up panic. That's what it is, okay? So we want to get the facts, and here are the facts, again, from the CDC, from experts like Dr. Anthony Fauci from the CDC. So this isn't me just coming out with my opinion. This is me repeating the facts that these people have stated. Risk levels are low. Risk level is low. And again, this isn't my opinion. This is the opinion of the experts. We have millions of tech, tech test kits available. Millions of these test kits are available now. We need to be doing the things that make us safer, like wash our hands in warm water for, you know, 10 or 20, 20, 10 or 20 seconds. And don't touch your face, you know, keep your fingers away from your eyes and your ears and whatnot. Maintain better hygiene. Eat right. I mean, you know, whatever. You can do simple things like uh, like that. Uh, when you're shaking hands with your right hand, you eat. If you're going to pick up a, a finger fruit or something, eat it with your left hand. Because you're shaking hands with your right hand. If you're left-handed, you're shaking with your left hand, then you eat with your right hand. In other words, you don't have to keep washing your hands. I mean, if you're, you know, eat with the other hand, it's it's a little, you reduce the risk there. I mean, it's better to wash your hands before you eat anything, but uh, you can certainly reduce the risk by eating with the other hand. But you know what's interesting too is that they're now they're testing they're in the early testing stages of vaccines and this is what's interesting you're in the early testing stages of vaccines they're already doing it now on the laboratory desks and the, the dishes on the petri dishes now what's interesting is the the big pharma companies that the Democrats have been demonizing <clears throat> they're, they're the ones that they're calling on to find a cure and they're the ones that will come up with a cure why because of the innovation. The innovation that drives farmer to find cures. It's what drives the innovation is the pursuit of a profit. When you kill that pursuit of a profit, then you kill the incentive to find anything. <clears throat> but anyway, that's another topic for another day. But I just thought it was kind of uh, interesting that the Democrats are demonizing big pharma. And now they're calling on big pharma to find a cure for a vaccine. But <clears throat> they say we should have one in about a year. We should probably have one going in the next year, but certainly... As the flu season winds down this spring and summer, this is all going to wind down. We're going to see a big economic comeback on the stock market because of all that sell-off. You're going to see all that buyback. And we're going to be sitting with nice gas prices going into the summer. So travel will be cheaper. Travel on jets, travel on cars, all of that's going to be cheaper. And I think that's very interesting how they flooded the market with a glut of oil, which caused a massive sell-off. And, uh, well, we're going to benefit a lot. But what we also learned, some more facts, we, we learned that 80% of the people that get the coronavirus, 80% we're learning now, do not show any symptoms or very little symptoms at all. Eight out of 10, just to be clear. Over 99% survive. Now, the critics like to point out that, well, we have 5% of those infected in the U.S. have died so far, but the vast majority of all fatalities are elderly people over 60 with pre-existing health issues like, well, like cardiovascular diseases, diabetes, cancer, hypertension, whatever, okay? 
And as I said, the swine flu affected 61 million people globally. We had a half a million fatalities around the world with the swine flu. This is nothing like it. Nothing like it. This isn't. This is just a, a, f- a fraction, a, a small little fraction, of what you saw with that. MERS and SARS both had about 800 fatalities worldwide. Coronas had 3,700 worldwide. I mean, and, and that's that's more than MERS and SARS, but it's it's not a it's not a pandemic. <clears throat> but the Democrats and the media criticism of the Trump administration on coronavirus is starting, I think, to. I mean, people are seeing it now as a hype against the president. And you just have have to look at the news stories to see it for yourself, to really see the objective points on it. I mean, they're screaming louder before they, they're screaming louder. They were screaming louder then than they are now, but they're still out there yelling panic and, or giving you the, 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 the dog whistles, if you will, for panic. We see people like David Pluff on CNN saying that uh, he's on, on Certainly Not News, and he was saying that he sees an opening if Trump fails to manage this right and there's a pandemic. Again, is that statement prove that David Pluff is actually rooting for a pandemic? I think it does. That's just me. But that's my opinion based on that statement. People don't make statements like that unless they're hoping for something to be worse than it is. But we we see them, I think that there, there, there is a concern that they if they go too much over the top, they're going to be viewed upon as being alarmist when this thing all winds down the summer. They just watched themselves lose a lot of credibility with the Russian collusion sham that went on for two plus years as they, everybody was calling Trump a Russian agent and a Russian spy over and over and over just to find out that there was no collusion and no obstruction. And I think that they just all lost a lot of credibility with that. So they're very kind of, they're, they're nervous about getting out too much over their skis on this. But they want Trump to look incompetent. They want Trump to look like he's lying. I mean, there's distinctive reasons for this. First is, I think somebody woke up and realized the Democratic Party was was looking pretty bad, I think, and they are looking pretty bad. And I think somebody woke up and said, oh, my goodness, we're looking bad. We have to be careful how we're framing our stories. But they still have their people out there doing this. I don't want you to miss that, okay? Don't miss that, folks. Cruz was interesting. Ted Cruz said he... Uh, he uh, had contact with people at the coronavirus, and uh, so he's quarantining himself because he's not experiencing any symptoms. He was at CPAC. Paul Gosser from Arizona, he was also there at CPAC. They're, they're self-quarantining themselves for the next few days and uh, because they interacted with a person that was at CPAC that had the coronavirus. Now, Trump has no rally scheduled right now. Or I should say, as of a few days ago, I don't know right now, but as of a few days ago, he didn't have any rallies scheduled. Now, the response by the Trump critics on the Pravda propaganda networks was categorically proving, again, that they want a pandemic. Had Rahm Emanuel made a statement on ABC uh, News with George Stepthroatnopoulos 
George Steptoronopoulos on ABC <clears throat> said that uh, with with Rahm Emanuel that this would affect Trump because Trump craves his rallies. As he went on to say, the president's the office of president is isolating enough, and in his inability to get the admiration of the crowds is going to be psychologically tormenting him. Well, Trump's going to have his rallies, folks. He's going to have his rallies. Just like there's NBA basketball games going on right now, and the crowds are there, and the stadiums are full. People aren't exactly panicking to that level right now. But you are seeing, again, the the newscasters out there trying to, well, they're just not asking the right questions. They're, they're framing and structuring their questions to make it look like it's something that, that it isn't. Now, I think they're trying to talk Trump, but it, they're going to be uh, – they're going to realize again that Trump is a caricature of a savage counterpuncher politically, and that's what he is. I want to talk a little bit about the FISA that's set to expire, uh, expire the FISA rules that are set to expire. Trump stated that what happened to him must never happen to anybody else. And we have former FISA court judges that came out and stated that the warrants on Trump should never have been issued. So I think the president wants a bipartisan effort going forward, but I also believe that he's maybe willing to let this thing expire because of what happened. Remember, folks, how FISA warrants were issued on Carter Page and George Papadopoulos, along with others in the Trump campaign without corroborated information. Remember that. Remember, too, that we saw how the FISA request for Carter Page left out a very relevant piece of information that he was a CIA operative in the past. Because had they noted that on there, they probably they wouldn't have issued the Pfizer warrant. See, that knowing that fact, that would have prevented the judge from issuing the warrant. So they left that off. Remember how George Papadopoulos was set up speaking? He got a speaking engagement to uh, to a private dinner meeting where he was he went. He had a speaking engagement to speak on energy policy. And he went from that to a private dinner meeting set up by the CIA operatives. And. uh you know, he was told that Hillary Clinton emails were in the hands of the Russians. Okay, so he 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 learns that at a dinner engagement. Then there's another party that he goes to, and that that's where um, Alexander Downer was. And it was at that party that he was the conversation circles, if you will. The tone of the conversations was such that it it caused Papadopoulos to jump into the the fray, if you will, and say, "Well, yeah, the Russians have Hillary Clinton's emails." against something that he was told <clears throat> by the CIA. He didn't even know until he was told. And he repeats it. And then, of course, they make a phone call to Cuomo, to Comey to, to close the loop on that and to get Papadopoulos. A giant setup is what it was. It was a giant setup. Stuff he, he didn't know until he was told. I mean, that's just the bottom line. And what this is, this is an issue of public corruption. See, who signed these warrants? Why did the judge believe them? Why did the FBI communicate to the FISA court that the, that the Trump campaign conspired with the Russians when it was completely baseless to begin with? Again, this is a shocking falsehood, a falsehood to the court that has to be totally addressed. And we must ensure that this never happens again. I mean, we have to remember that the failed coup attempt. You have to remember that, too. See, under FISA law, to get a FISA warrant, the burden of proof is enormous, absolutely enormous. And they must show that not only is a subject engaged in clandestine activity, but they also have violated federal criminal law. They claim the warrants were based on Carter Page and his ties to Russia. Folks, the deep state was on Carter Page for years, remember, and I just said that 
which underscores that the warrant was based on the dossier without the corruption corroboration. And Carter Page was never indicted. You know, we watched for two years the party of Lenin Pravda Media, certainly not News Network, Myth, Slander, Numbskull, Brainless Collaboration, MSNBC, and all the other Pravda networks. They all participated in a story buildup with no collusion and no obstruction in the end. We watched the fake news bring forward the fake experts and phony innuendos for two years. We watched the softball interviews with no pointed questions to get to the bottom of the story. No attempt to uncover the sham. None. Folks, the objective facts, no collusion, no obstruction, and there never was any crime for the Mueller special counsel to investigate. So if you ask me, I think that these, uh, I think the the renewals on the Pfizer's are probably going to expire because I don't think Trump's going to want to make a deal that's a bad deal. So he's just going to let him expire. And then the, the new Congress, which will come in, in next year, will be the ones to set these rules along with Trump. And I think that that's delicious because Trump's going to be able to write the rules so this never does happen again. And he's going to take away the stinger from the deep state. And he's going to make it miserable for them to operate again outside of the rules. And, uh, more to come on that, I'm sure. Well, we're out of time, folks. We want to thank you all for listening. Thank you all for tuning in today on The Watchman. We appreciate you being here every week, every Saturday at 4 p.m. right here on AM Radio 1180 WFYL. Again, you can also tune in under the Listen Live button during normal air times. Uh, by clicking on the Listen Live button by going to the website, 1180WFYL, or you can go to YouTube and listen live there by searching WFYL under the YouTube screen, or you can listen live during normal listen time right there in the listening area. However you choose to listen to us, thank you very much for being here. We'll see you next week on The Watchmen. I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now.